what I saw was people being captivated by the entertainment that is live sport at the top level. Welcome to the Halftime Snacks. My name is Ronen Aimbindo. This show explores the intersection between sports, business and technology. Are you ready? Let's go! Coming up next on the Halftime Snacks, he's a sports business magnate from the UK. He's the founder and CEO of Sport on Spec, a company looking to reimagine the sports spectator experience post-COVID-19. This man is a firm believer that all top-level sport athletes deserve the same exposure. His expertise lies in the intersection between sports, experiences and entertainment, and he's here to snack with us about it. It is an honor and a pleasure to host him in the Halftime Snacks. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Underhill. Wow, thank you, Ronan. Sport magnet. That's a very good start. I'm very happy with that introduction. <laughs> Great to be here. Thank you for snacking with me, team. I want to start right away to talk about spectators and, of course, the main trending topic of today, COVID-19. I want to know how... Do you envision the spectator experience once sports are back to full capacity? Yeah, in terms of what it's going to look like, for first point, I think people, a lot of clubs, event holders are going to be really keen just to get back, back on the court, back on the track, back in the venue, hosting live sports. I think for, for the majority, that's going to be the number one priority because of some, you know financial reasons. Just, just, just getting back doing it and being able to perform and having people in again is going to be something that will be you know a focus predominantly and then i think alongside that you're going to see the continuation of in, lots of innovation around different formats the actual events themselves so we have missed this year you know that the 100 in the cricket is an example we haven't had that uh, but that, fingers crossed that'll be back in 2021 there's a in horse racing another sport There's uh, a new innovation called the Racing League. Once again, we haven't been able to enjoy that this year, but um, that's kind of a, a multi-team over six weeks in the sun next summer, a competition with about two million pounds prize money and, and sort of doing horse racing in a different way, uh, bringing the team aspect and focus on the jockeys and the trainers and making a really sort of family-friendly uh, festival type of event. We've got the Rugby League World Cup coming up in next November. That will be the first time ever with men's and, and women's uh, and wheelchair events have been brought together. And that's across the UK. So that's a that, that, that's going to be, I think, you know, the main multi-event coming back. And then I think, yeah, how, how the experiences are going to change going forward. Clearly, everyone at the moment is reviewing how tech, how tech will change things and how tech will change the, the experience of events. And I think, You know, there's a lot of innovation out there at the moment, all sorts of ways of, I think, you know, understanding that fans, maybe come on to that a bit later, how they're, they're a bit, you know, their needs are different now and they want to use tech inside a stadium and they want to be able to relate more, have more content at them, you know, be able to have maybe food and drink delivered to them. And I think that side of things, a lot of it's dependent on 5G. That seems to be the message, but then, and good connection in stadiums. But I think, That sort of innovation, and we saw it at the, the, uh, the Super Bowl, where 
They have an augmented reality in the stadium with the top 100 NFL. Another sort of, I think that was a really good best illustration so far of, of that way of using tech in, in events. So, so yeah, I think a long way back, but lots of innovation to come. And into 2022, I think that could be the best year ever for spectator sport. And of course, we've got the Commonwealth Games, which will be the first big multi-event uh, globally, probably since we, you know, into 2022, which is which will allow fully crowds back. So, so lots to look forward to. But yeah, um, lots of unknowns as well. I think it's fair to say. 100%, Tim. I believe that the fans want to feel safe when they go back, mostly because of the fear that this global pandemic has created. My guess is that if technology can provide a sense of uh, safety, that's the biggest step that we're going to take towards bringing fans back as we, we knew it. I'm really curious, team, to ask you about Sport on Spec because the, the company that you run is very oriented towards the spectators. And I want to know, of course, you have a, a background in music, in the music industry, I saw. How did you came up with Sport on Spec? Like, what's the story behind it? So, yeah, my, my, I wasn't previously in the sport industry as such. I was a, a lawyer, as you say, a solicitor. And then uh, I was in the, the music business, a good call way of putting it. It was uh, a company called Monkey Music and Preschool Music Franchising. So I was an operations director there. So... So those are sort of very different from being in the sports industry, but I've always had a love of uh, live sport and actually being in, in a stadium at a venue. I think it's called the absolute reality. I've heard it referred to, which is great. You know, it's where you're sort of, there's something quite like being there and, and every sense you have is being, you know, experiencing this sport that you just don't get unless you're at, at, at in the venue. So, so I think what led me into sport on spec really was probably uh, London 2012, was a catalyst, the Olympic Games. Fortunate to live, you know, probably 15 miles from the, the Olympic Park. Uh, so it was on the doorstep in London. And, um, you know, long story short, a lot of people tried to get tickets, uh, came unstuck. Um, just got, I think, one session. I uh, can't remember the sport, but I remember thinking, oh, wow, well, this, you know, this is Olympics, great show on earth, once every 50 years. So it's like a one-shot one opportunity in your hometown. And then uh, and I, I was having some time off at that time. Um, and, and what I had is I sort of fell upon a group on social media called the 20, hashtag 2012 tweets. So, and they're a great group of sort of people that came together really around that time, the same issue of not being able to get tickets for this amazing event, but desperately wanting to go and maybe wanted to take their friends and family as well. So all around about, you know, how can we go and how can we enjoy it with people? But through that, and that's probably a story for another podcast, how we all got tickets, but it was, you know, fundamentally sort of looking abroad and, and through authorised resellers of other countries. So completely legit, but a really, you know, a, a sort of a way around of getting tickets when you couldn't get them here. And that led me to then being having this amazing opportunity to go and see sports every day at the Olympics, see some of the most, you know, amazing sport, but also see a real variety of sport. A really good example, one of the, one of the people in the group said, why don't you go and see weightlifting as one of the sports you could just see? And I thought, weightlifting? That's a, that's a bit different. But sure enough, got, got a couple of tickets. And um, there I was suddenly at the, the Olympic Games watching weightlifting. And 
you would think maybe people listening to this, I don't don't think many of you listening to this pod would have ever seen weightlifting live. And uh, you probably probably think, well, I can't really envisage what that'd be like, but I don't think it'd be very exciting. But trust me, it was one of the great sports experiences I've ever had because I, mean, I was lucky in that on this session, which was in a place called the Excel Centre, which was one of the great venues for uh, the Olympic Games, uh, it had judo there, had boxing there, taekwondo. It also had the um, the, the weightlifting. So there's like three, I guess about three thousand people in this massive auditorium. Uh, it's a huge place, but it was packed, and there was a. a just so happened on this day that uh, one of the athletes, GB athlete, Zoe Smith, was uh, in action and got to go for the British record. So this was a crowd who people have probably come, you know, some of them would have been diehard weightlifting fans. The rest were, they were here to be entertained. What's this all about? And it was an amazing atmosphere and it was dramatic. I didn't realise, you know, how dramatic, it's all like waiting to be because of course it's it's very primeval it's sort of an enormous weight and you're either going to lift it or you're going to fall over something terrible could happen so the whole crowd was aware that this this is okay so it's a british record we're going to see some history here and it was very tail went quiet and anyway she did the lift broke the, the clean and jerk record and the crowd went bananas absolutely bananas so then all these other sports that I, I saw, you know, you would call them, say, uh, I don't like call them minority sports. I think that as a negative connotation, I'd call them an underrepresented sports, which is they are, because they are, they're great to watch, but they don't get the attention they deserve. So, so I might be going to see handball or uh, volleyball or canoe slalom or fencing and all these, everyone, basically what I saw was people being captivated by the experience, the entertainment that is live sport at the top level. You know, you put that co- cocktail together, and it's fantastic. And then what, what 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 happened after the Olympics was, you know, there's an awful lot of attention around it. And and kind of, it wasn't too long after that that a lot of these sports that captivated the nation were sort of cast cast aside slightly, and that they didn't get the the attention they were getting. And they sort of, of course, if you don't get the attention, you're going to slip off the radar. But all these athletes were continuing to do their thing, and there was all these championships were still happening. And all, all all around us, but you know, no one was aware of that. So I kind of thought, why isn't there a marketplace? Why isn't there somewhere you can go to say, look, I want to go and see some live sport and be entertained? Why is that not existing? You know, and and it's the big, you know, sport is the biggest entertainment genre there is. You know, arguably it's bigger than music, it's bigger than shows, whatever. It it it's the number one thing that brings us all together. So so I found it puzzling, but also maybe a business opportunity. And so that started the journey of looking into why that wasn't this happening. How could we create this? What would it take? And delving into the world of sport, because of course not being from the world of sport, I had to sort of learn the industry like with anything. And so it's a kind of very long learning curve. But ultimately, I think that this is something that needs to happen, and it, and, it, and and there's a massive audience for it. That's a fascinating uh, story, Tim. I want to ask you about the business model and the funding strategy that you have in mind for sport on spec. The problem we're trying to solve is that there's a huge amount of live sport going on and a lot of unsold infantry, you know, tickets, places to go. And weekly across any number of events, that, that is an issue. And if you speak to clubs or event holders, the, the number one reason always pops out awareness, awareness, you know, We've got a, and, and it, you know, there's a great, great product, say, for want of a better expression. You know, it's, it's a great experience to be had, but they can't 
get the word out beyond their, you know, probably have a, a base of diehard fans, as I mentioned. But beyond that, this sort of more casual fan, sort of people, the Olympics, etc., they can't get the word out to that. So, so there's an issue on that side. And then on the other side, you have the fans, the people who, you know, we're now in the realms of the experience economy where, you know, more and more people want to go and do, I mean, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, of course, so we, we can't have our experiences. It's all, you know, different type. But, but when, when we get through this, you are, you are in this situation, experience economy, people want to more and more, they still, it's a hard wire to go out and socialize and do things with friends and family, have a shared experience and be entertained. So, but that, that, that audience out there does not know what's going on. So how can they go and experience it? So, you know, if you go and look on the web, the, the information is very fragmented or it might not even, you know, be, be in, in sort of a decent format at all. You can't go to one place. So therefore, you can't find out how you can go, how can you get a ticket, et cetera. So, so that's how we want to solve it. And, of course, being in the middle of that, you're, you're then in a business model of being around uh, a, a ticketing, you know, a t- ticketing affiliate or also something we're looking at is, a subscription model, which is really interesting, where you could pay different level of tiers for subscription, and then you could access promotions on tickets, or you could access an opportunity to have a, a flat fee and go to a different different set of sports that you could choose, pick and choose from any, any range of sports. But there's a lot of opportunities of how you bundle things up. And but the fundamentally, yeah, it's 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 around that unsold infantry and how you solve that. And then of course on top of that you've got data opportunities, there's sponsorship and there's um advertising. But that's really how the 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 model would work. And then to your second point, yeah, the funding side, again, we're in a situation where okay, this is you know, the the COVID's been really interesting in enabling us to sort of sit back and think. Okay, this is what we've done to date, and then we've, you know, established a track record in in London and Scotland. There are two bases, and around the cities, Glasgow and Edinburgh, and then London. And so, okay, going forward, how's everything going to look when sport comes back, and how can we really then, you know, be part of the, the assisting and working with clubs and event holders to, to 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 get people back into venues? That requires a funding. I mean, I'm glad glad you've asked the question, Ronan, because that is something that requires uh, you know significant funding with all these these situations where you have a you have a structure and a route, but you you need to have the capital injection to then scale, to build the tech, to build the staff, to build the audience, test, 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 etc. So, so that's something we'll be looking to do um, later. You know, we're looking at the moment putting a, a pitch deck together. Now we've sort of think, you know, as far as you can in these times, right? This is what this is what it all looks like. This is how we can we can uh, be in the business model and how we can and work with sports. So that's going to be ready um, pretty soon. So if anyone listening to the podcast wants to reach out to me feel free on linkedin or um you know on, on the social media team the chat by all means i'm happy to, to talk to people people listening here are lucky because tim is uh, still available later he might not be but i feel like sport on spec is on a great spot because it's basically about predicting what the outcome of the experience is going to look like And if you have enough evidence or if you have enough knowledge on the entertainment or experience business, which you have, and you know how people will demand, what will people want from the new experience, then creating a structure or a framework for experiences post-COVID 
will actually be the winner. And I'm looking forward for that, Tim. And I want to ask you a little bit more about like the technology that you guys use. Is there something special or specific about Sport on Spec that you guys are leveraging? Or are you guys focusing more on the marketing or the experience side of, of the business? What can you tell us about the tech side? Yeah, sure. So I think, I think when uh, the, the shutters came down in March, uh, it was an interesting time to see, okay, how do you play that uh, in terms of, you know, there's things, a lot of people would say, well, you might pivot, you might move towards doing content online. Uh, trying to, you know, is there a way of joining, you know, the, the, the broadcast side of things? But I've always felt our niche really has to be the live event. That's the long-term play. That, that's what, there is no other marketplace for the live event. And that's why I feel underpins. Personally, you know, without fans, you know, you, you've got to have fans. And you've got to understand the fans. So in terms of uh, how we use tech, I mean, our, we, we're now at a position where we're starting to partner with sports. And I think the way we will leverage it until we build you know, as we fund and we build the platform out, then clearly being in tech, being on social, being on digital. So having the website and being on social media and, and understanding where the fans are and having, we're looking to do a podcast into the, into the, uh, into the new year. As sport comes about, we're looking to have the newsletter. So all these channels is where we now, you know, we're looking to move into those and as sport comes about work with the clubs to showcase them via via that technology if you like so as an example a little exclusive for for you today <laughs> for the pod, um, we're, we're what i've always wanted to do is get you know with, with clubs and event holders is really get get behind the scenes and, and start sort of doing a little bit more than just promoting their events so as an example with uh as a Team London Pulse, who are a netball team in London, they're London's um, pro netball team. We play in the Vitality Super League, which is the top, top, top UK club league. Their season starts in February, so for next month in December, we're going to be doing some content piece with them, whereby we can sort of showcase who are all these amazing players because they've got a great international uh, and young, you know, rising stars in international roster they just put together but uh so we could you know get behind and who, who are these players how do they train what are they like doing you know understanding more about the personalities uh so that when they come back and they start playing we'll, we'll know them a bit better and be incentivized to go and to watch because they play in the copper box which is an amazing venue in the olympic park you know people would go in the copper box just to see the copper box because it's like it's it's it's, it's an amazing place to go and the views are incredible and the atmosphere is great. So, so it's a great night out or afternoon out, depending on when the fixtures are. But so we're not, yeah, in terms of tech for me, it's, it's, it's at the moment, it's around where are the fans? How can we engage them on the, on digital, you know, on their phones, on their desktops, how, while, while we're on the road back? And then, and, and that will always be, I think, an important side for us because that's how, you know, the people want to be, you know, tantalized and shown a bit more than just, um, you know, oh, here's where you can go, boom, boom, boom. You know, why would I go and, and why, where's my connection? So, uh, yeah, that's our sort of next few months. I appreciate the exclusive, of course. I am very curious, team, to know if there are one or two specific lessons that you've learned through Sport on Spec 
about fans in general or about like their behavior or what, like their needs, what they want? Is there something from working uh, with these teams or from learning about specific things about uh, people that are looking for entertainment? Is there something that you've learned through, through Sport on Spec? A lot of the knowledge I've got actually comes from ever since, you know, London 2012, really going to a lot of different sports and to watch the action, to understand what we would be promoting, but also to watch the people there, uh, you know, the fans. Who, who are they and what gets them excited? So during COVID, one of the really interesting things has been for me listening to a whole range of podcasts and following newsletters, of course, your podcast being a good example and learning from all over the globe what, what different perspectives are on the fan and um, and there's a phrase there's a, there's a concept in america sport innovation now they, they call it the fluid fan what the fluid fan is is actually what i've seen so the fluid fan is kind of this digital native where we're everyone's sort of not just millennials or generations said but pretty much everyone now you know it's, it's on a smartphone and they're they kind of break it down to three things that a fan is open to change, which means they have a lot of, they're, they're open to trying things out, but they've got a lot of choice. Um, they're empowered to choose, which is this issue. Well, I've got lots of things I could be doing. There's a zillion and one things I can do with my, my leisure time and then continuously evolving. So, you know, their, 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 their habits are shifting all the time. And I think, That's where I think the real opportunity is for, say, say for sports and being, bringing the marketplace that you have, every sport has its diehard fan who will go come what may. Uh, and every sport I speak to says, yeah, we've got our diehard fans for sure, but we, we want to reach out beyond that. There's, there's all the other fans who would enjoy this casual fans, new fans, people who've never heard, but that's who we need to reach. So I think understanding From my point of view, this, this is the big play. It's like, okay, if you if you if you agree with that, then that is a massive opportunity. But then you've got to win by understanding where they are, and then you know, getting to them the right places and giving them reasons to come along because they've got to give up their time and their money. So so you've got two things. You know, it's not they're not spying them; they're coming and spending an evening. So so you've got to get over those hurdles. But what I also know is that once they get to a live sport, they will invariably love it. So, so I'll give you three sort of examples of, 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 of random sports I've been to, not at all expecting what to, to see, and then what I've observed. So one, roller derby, two, chess boxing, and three is drone racing. You're probably, I'm probably the only person you'll speak to that has been seen all those three live. So I don't know what that says about me, but there you go. But so, so roller derby and, and they all, they're, they're all very different experiences, very different audiences, but everyone who I've, I can't has had a great time at the event. Your roller derby is, is, is a Canadian sport. Women only. I think men are starting to get involved now. It's, it's kind of like rugby on roller skates and it's played. I see it's played in London, it's played in Scotland and it's in these gymnasiums. They get two or three thousand people in. And it's just a bit of a riot, and it, but it's actually very physical, very skillful when you start to understand the rules. But it's a it's a great sort of party atmosphere, and and it's a similar to the chess boxing, which is where you have essentially, as it sounds, you, you literally have you speed chess for, for a certain amount of time, and then that's in the ring, 
and then the outcomes, the speed test comes up and, and the players put the gloves on. Three minutes, boxing, and they rotate. And the winner is the first player, uh, the, fir the first athlete who either, you've got to either knock out your opponent or stop them or checkmate them. So it's, and I, and I just thought that was crazy when I, I mean, I'm a boxing fan. I thought that's a crazy mix. And then I went to see it live and, uh, it was, the audience was really interesting. It was kind of, you know, a night, a night out, uh, in a, in a night, in a sort of music venue in North London. And people were having a great time just, you know, sort of social. But then it came on and there were actually passionate chess fans who'd been drawn on. <laughs> and it was a great event. And as was the drone racing. I mean, you might be familiar with drone racing, which is a, American uh, scene, uh, world world drone racing. He came to London, the Ali Pali, year before last, I think. And that was um, extraordinary to go and watch. And that was sort of almost like a being at a sort of some sort of motor racing event. You know, this speed roller um, drone drone racing, flying around the halls of Ali Pali's huge uh, venue. So, so I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is that that the sport itself. I mean, you go back, you did touch on the fact that people want safety, which is right. There's, there, there are actually the core four things around live sport, which is what I've come to realise. And that's on the research. But what I've seen is what people want effectively to enjoy sport, which is, you know, to be entertained, to so see something at the highest level and perceive people excelling in their sport, to have a great view and to be in a safe, comfortable venue and to have a great atmosphere. So if you start with those four, which an awful lot of sport pretty much delivers. Then on top of that, you have the tech play. People, yes, now they want more. They want to be engaged in other ways as well. So you build that, which is all coming. So that 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 is what I've come to learn and seen and demonstrate in my own eyes. Is is what what is the opportunity and what fans? I think I think fans are shifting, and I don't think sometimes I, I hear different opinions. I think there's a reluctance to accept that fans are quite so fluid now and and but 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 that that i think is the reality and i think that that's here to stay and 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 you've got you might have a great night out but how, how are you, you you've got to get to these people and present it and get them in and then they will love it but but you've got a battle on and, and so so that's the challenge that's awesome team i've never in my life heard about the three sports that you mentioned but now i can't wait to sit on my couch, put some YouTube videos about chess boxing and drone racing because I feel like it's it would be so exciting and it also sounds super disruptive in terms of like what we're used to. I feel like you you have a very good sense of what fans are looking for, their motives and the type of people that are looking for the entertainment provided by, by sports. And that's one of the multiple reasons wh why I think that Sport on Spec is gonna be very successful and I wish you the best of luck on that. And I think that's a great place to wrap today's conversation. And I wanna thank you so much for joining me. I learned so much about you, you're a great guy and I'm sure you're gonna have lots of success. And I can't wait to see what you do and where you get to. I wish you the best of luck and I wish that we can meet up in the future to talk more about sports and about technology and about everything else. So thank you very much, Tim. Well, Roman, thank you for having me. It's been great. Really enjoyed talking. Take care. Before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear this or any other halftime snack, 
check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week.